Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I don't have a co-host per se, but this is kind of an interesting hybrid episode. Have a repeat interview with an expert, but since I adore the expert so much, I brought her on to record a fresh introduction. So the expert is Paula Harkin, a running celeb here in Portland. She and her adorable husband, Dave, own Portland Running Company, a most excellent run specialty store here. Paula leads group runs and training programs, and she is a race organizer par excellence. Paula is perhaps the only three-time guest on the AMR podcast, but her true bragging rights come from her running streak that has lasted more than 10 years. Welcome back to the show, Paula. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. I'm super happy to be here. Good. Alas, though, we are not sharing a microphone like you reminded <laughs> me we did last time. <laughs> we, we have upgraded <laughs> or downgraded, depending oh, on your perspective. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh boy, I'm glad I didn't eat any Doritos. <laughs> you're, you're thinking, oh boy, this room is really small and now I have to share a microphone. <laughs> it's good, oh, it's good you're, it's good you're tiny though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fun. Oh my God. So woman, we got to start with the running streak. I mean, remind people what it entails um, in terms of, you know, daily and your total mileage and just kind of what keeps your fire burning. Yeah, that's gosh. Well, um, the running streak is actually, uh, you can actually sign up for a running streak. You can go to runeveryday.com. Mm-hmm. And there's actually uh, an organization that kind of keeps track of everybody that's running this mm-hmm. has this goal and you have to run a mile a day. And mm-hmm. so it seems pretty easy. I think a lot of people can do it, uh, but it's uh, a continuous mile. I think we've talked about this before. <laughs> it's just, Continuous mile. That means you cannot stop and tie your shoe. If you have, you know, to go to the bathroom, then you have uh-huh. to start over again. So, but um, I have been doing this for just over ten years, uh-huh. and uh, it's been a challenge every single day. We, mm-hmm. I have to get out there and do it, no matter whether I'm traveling or running a marathon the next day or the day after the marathon or uh-huh. whatever I'm doing. I have to figure out a way to run my mile, and so. I've done it now for just over 10 years. So it's been very fun. And it's actually, I have like, I think my average is just over six miles a day. I try not to do one mile uh, days because I kind of have my own secret little recipe for what I want to do. But uh, anyway, so uh, it's been going on for a long time. And I have an ultimate goal of running the circumference of the earth, which is oh my goodness. just over 24,000 miles, 24,907 miles, I think. And you're coming close because I thought I saw, I don't remember where it was online, but I remember thinking, was it Dave giving you a shout out on Facebook and he said you're over 22,000 miles? Yeah, I think that's correct. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So well, I'm excited about it. I, I don't know what's going to happen when <laughs> maybe the earth will end when I, <laughs> I better not run it. I this don't is know. Funny. This is what they wrote about in the end of times, the, the revelation, isn't it? <laughs> when Paula Harkin runs. Oh boy. Oh boy. That's so, that. But I think that's good because last time we talked, we, you know, conversed somewhat about the, well, how do you end such a streak? Because having had a far lesser streak than you, but of exercising every day for at least a half hour, I know how wedded you feel to it. And so yeah. So that seems to me um, something kind of new that you've decided that you do have an end, um, a planned end in sight. Yeah, I, I guess I do. I mean, when that, when that, I reach that goal, 
I guess I will decide, oh, do I want to stop? For, I probably will run. I don't know. Maybe it's just not quite as deliberately, but um, mm-hmm. I think that it's, it's been so fun for me. I hate, I can't really see it ending. I mean, what do I do? Take a day off and then like, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll go run tomorrow. <laughs> That's kind of in my, it's kind of like brushing your teeth, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, now your streak is still going, right? Your workout. Oh, oh no, 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 no. I let that go. So mine was about, I guess maybe six years, five and a half, six years. Yeah. And, and, um, that was a long time ago. And I let it, um, die when Jack and I traveled around the world after we got yes. married and, you know, oh, so, that, yes. you know, so I was very distracted. I yeah. Yes. So I, I was quote unquote distracted. If you get of my course meaning. you yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> Got some exercise going on. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was working some different muscles. Walking. Walking. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but but I I mean I, there is still even now to take a deliberate you know I take a deliberate rest day every week and it, it's still I still sometimes get a little twitchy on that rest day. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. good for you though. I mean, I was just talking to Dave this morning. We I made him go do my tempo run with me because we are officially training for the London marathon now. I know. Super exciting, but I made him go run with me and we were talking, we're talking about that. It's just like, oh goodness sakes. I don't know. It's gotta (laughs) gotta keep running. Yeah. 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 So so it's not just running, it's racing. I want you to brag a bit about your recent first in your age group and also then talk a little bit about London and how that features into the world major marathons for you. So, um, you know, I'm getting older and so I, we all know this, right? So I know, uh, it's kind of fun because our, our store has a team, a racing team and, um, we, we get scored based on, and one of the, one based of course on our pace and where we score on the race, but also it's age grade. (laughs) And so I I just looked up the first race and I'm like, Oh, I'm I'm in first place only because I'm old. <laughs> so, you know, there's these benefits to getting older, but sure. um, but you know, you really I'm really trying to run just as fast as I used to run, but mm-hmm. but but you but it you know, I guess eight is the new seven, and nine is the new eight, and ten is the nine. <laughs> that was very good. I'm impressed that you could keep track of the numbers in your head as you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm kind of training. Um, I've kind of made, I've made a goal to run our team uh, Grand Prix races this year. So mm-hmm. I have a little focus in my running. And then um, Dave and I were lucky enough to get into the London Marathon. And so mm-hmm. we're super excited about that. We're going to hopefully travel a few days before to Ireland and then mm-hmm. go and run the race and then head back home because we're actually really busy this year with our race calendar. So we don't have a ton of time to, to travel around, but, um, but we definitely are excited about that. Right. Have you been to London, Sarah? I have been to London when we traveled around the world. Yeah. yeah. We, we went to London and, uh, and I've been to Ireland as well. I've been to Ireland several times okay. and um, yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful city and, and I mean, such a fast marathon. So that will okay. be exciting to, you know, see the leaders. Right. I would think. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. So, be- so then that'll be, then you're just one after London, you're just one away from the world major marathons. Yes. And that is, the last one would be Tokyo. 
Uh-huh. And I don't know how I would ever get to Tokyo, but if you know, a there's a will, there's a way. Oh my gosh, I love you. Um, so, so, um, so speaking of marathons, there was exciting local marathon news yesterday here in Portland. So give us a recap and describe your role in it. So um, let's see. Well, uh, the city of Portland had uh, recently been looking for a race organizer for the, Port- the new Portland Marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they selected uh, a gentleman by the name of Jared Rotinsky, and he uh, owns a company called Brooksy. And mm-hmm. he was selected twice, actually, um, mm-hmm. the way that that kind of panned out. But um, he, I'm on his team. And mm-hmm. so um, because I uh, helped put on the Portland Marathon last year, Dave mm-hmm. and I, and our company, our store, and all of our little fantastic crew, we all put this race on called Portlandathon mm-hmm. in four short months. And so uh, I think Brooksy um, is happy to have us because we just did this. And so, yeah. so we get to kind of partner with them and kind of be the, since they're from Utah, mm-hmm. um, we're going to be kind of their local liaison and then help them develop a new course if we can and I help know. them. But they have a, they have a great team. And so... Um, we will just be a minor piece of it, but we definitely are going to be helping out. Well, good, because, I mean, for people who don't know the Portland Marathon, I mean, it was a long-time marathon, but um, it um, made national news because of the organizer and some um, shady financial um, practices. And just it i i'm just going to speak and say that i felt like this the race never did our city justice in terms of showcasing all its beauty yeah. and just you and i've talked about it, it never got the attention from the community that it really deserved or from no. from the corporations let's say that are here that some people might have heard of a few of them um, uh, say Nike, Adidas, you know, uh, Under Armour. Um, so, you know, I mean, we are the shoe capital of the U.S. in terms of yeah. athletic footwear. And yet, you know, I mean, you could easily, if you weren't a runner, you could easily, easily miss the fact that it was Marathon Sunday here in town when it was every October. Yeah. And, and that's just got to change. And it sounds like Mayor Ted Wheeler has that same idea Yep. Um, but I don't, it's a, it's a, it's a long, slow slog. It's, it's going to be a long, slow slog. But I think that um, there's some awareness now that they need to come together. The city, the uh, 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 Peabot, um, mm-hmm. the, the Portland uh, police limitations and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the resources that we need to pull together to make a really great event happen. I, I believe that we're all going to be able to pull that in and make it happen. Oh, good. It good. might not be the first year, but I think, mm-hmm. I think that it, um, it can happen. And mm-hmm. wouldn't it be amazing? It, it would be so fantastic to be able to get away from the industrial district of Portland. Oh, I, be, you know, no Highway 30. I'm going to make a big sign that says no Highway 30. <laughs> no know, Highway 30. No yeah, Highway I mean, 30. Anyone who's run Hood to Coast, or at least the first van of Hood to Coast, would remember Highway 30. And Oh, yeah. 
you know, it's just not, you know, unless you want to see some legal cannabis billboards, you know, it's not a very scenic no, route. No, and you know, the beauty of running on Highway 30, the only thing is the St. John's Bridge. Mm, and yes. so we, you know, I don't think we need, we, we have a lot of other bridges mm-hmm. that we can highlight. And mm-hmm. so I actually was just, um, uh, I turned in my dream course mm. from Business Journal recently and it did not go into the industrial section of Portland. <laughs> nice. It did not mm-hmm. at all. And uh, I, there was no train crossing either. And mm, so I, yeah, yeah. That is a, that, I mean, I, I think Portland was renowned for that. You know, yeah. You know, and so, um, yeah, I mean, there's a, it's a beautiful city and it's a quirky, fun city. And, you know, let's showcase that. Let's do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think it would be so fun. I mean, you know, when we go and we, if we're lucky enough to run, you know, Boston or New York or Chicago, mm-hmm. all of those, all of the, the suburbs come together and mm-hmm. the pieces of Portland the, that could come together and make it so beautiful. And mm-hmm. instead of an inconvenience, it could be a celebration. And I believe we can do that together. Mm-hmm. And especially if we're focusing on our community and what the, what the marathon can bring to our city, not oh, just exactly. tourism, mm-hmm. but like, May, really making our city feel like we are connected and we're a huge community and we're mm-hmm. together. And so I think, I think the marathon could do that. I really mm-hmm. do. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think we also, I think Portland suffers a little bit from feeling like, you know, um, I don't know, the lesser than in the Pacific Northwest, you know, because Seattle's such a bigger city yep. and just, I don't know, you know, like that we have so many connecting flights out of Portland. Like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. I can, I can fly nonstop somewhere. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. You know, so, <laughs> um, well, you travel a lot. So yeah. 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 So that, yeah. you know, um, oh like my gosh, this- we can fly nonstop to Boston on Alaska on one flight a day. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you fly mid-April and it's full of runners. So, <laughs> yeah. yep, yep. Um, so okay, so but let's talk about the races that you are organizing. It is a very exciting year for you, taking back Helvetia half and the Hippie Chick half, and yep. So, um, yeah. So tell us about that. So um, Helvetia was actually my very first big race that I put on. I think it's 19 years ago. Mm. And um, it was just kind of a dream and I just went for it and um, it became a very popular race. Mm-hmm, and sure. you know, there's so many races to choose from now. So um, uh, recently I was able to buy it back from the Hood to Coast race series and mm-hmm. I'm super excited to put it, put it back on my calendar and have people come and train and run for it because yeah. it is to me one of the most amazing uh, courses and the community's beautiful, parking's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Helvetia Tavern coming out and cooking burgers on site. Mm-hmm. We have um, Hit Machine coming to play. Oh my goodness. Uh, I know, Rogue is going to offer everybody a free beer uh-huh. and we're gonna have, I mean, it's just, it's so community. And I love the, the charity aspect of it, having all the schools, they, they train and run um, some of these kids that just have never ran before. And so they're all, they train and they run and they get a focus. And some of them are so happy to have something like that in their, in their high school life that they get, Mm -hmm. they get to go do. And it's called Liberty Fit. And then there's Wilsonville Fit and they come and they run. And there's, there's a couple hundred of these kids and it's been a program that has been 
I just love it. There's a lady named Lori Jenkins that, that heads, heads this up from Liberty Fit, Liberty High School, and she's amazing. Mm-hmm. She brings all these kids year after year, and <clears throat> I really like that. It's just mm-hmm. something very special to me. And so with all of those little pieces and then training groups, you know, Helvetia's on the calendar and, and a perfect spot to train for the Portland Marathon. So anybody that wants to run a fall marathon, you should come run Helvetia. Not only is it really great, it's good time of year, it's great weather, it's a remind great us course. The date, remind us the date of it. it. This year, it is on June 8th. And everybody mm-hmm. needs to put that on their calendar because <laughs> it's fun. I know. And, and it's... And it's so pretty out here in June. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yep. There's nothing like it. So, mm-hmm. and then Hippie Chick is mm-hmm. an all women's race. Mm-hmm. This year we've added a Hippie 5K. And so nice. it's men and women. So they can oh. out and actually, we don't discriminate. Just you can be a Hippie Chick if you're male or female, actually. Mm-hmm. So just don't out sprint a woman at the finish. <laughs> that is just. That's happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen it. And people very much just turn their back. You know, that. Like, I don't want to see that. No, it takes always Mother's Day weekend. And uh-huh. it's, it's a nice, beautiful celebration. We've always said mothers, sisters, daughters, friends. And it's, it's really a fun event. It's great. Yeah. And you were one of the first race organizers that I know of that did all women's races with Hippie Chick when it was back in its um, shampooy state park days down south yes. of the city. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You are so good, Sarah. You know all <laughs> these things. You came to that race. I know. My gosh. That, the, the retro. Oh my gosh. I remember. <laughs> the photo of, you know, that we had two t-shirts. We had, uh, you know, they were the cover of the book. And then we had the first book and, oh, I just was so proud. I had this um, skirt running skirt that just went really well. So with shirt. <laughs> and it oh, was a yeah. beautiful, beautiful day. Matters. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it, you know, it was just a beautiful race and the vibe is so good. I'm just, I just know you are going to bring it cause you just really look at every aspect of the race you do, Paula, and just think about it and try to make it the best it can be and just yeah. enhance the whole experience all around. Well, thank you for saying that, Sarah, because I actually really do think about it as a participant. Like, what, you do. You what do. would I want to go away with, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's such a beautiful thing when you get a, a chance to feel the power of training and running and finishing a race. And Ooh, yeah. I just, yeah. I love the feeling and I love sharing it. So, yeah. well, and that's evident. It's, it's just evident in when you do those races and, you know, looking at those medals that you, that, you know, you had designed, I mean, they are just incredibly cute. I'm so excited to show those off. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so if either one of these races, this little side note, if either one of these races sounds intriguing to you, you got to check out the giveaway that we're running on Instagram on the day this episode comes out, which is February 8th. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So stay tuned after this quick break to hear co-host Amanda Loudon and I talk to Paula about running safety, especially when it's dark out. Paula, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) So I'm just going to say up front that you and I are sharing a mic, so it might get a tiny bit awkward at times, but (laughs) I wouldn't have eaten my pretzels on the way over here had I known. (laughs) At least you didn't have hummus with them or something like that. (laughs) So, all right. So it's great to have you on the show again. And somehow it's been three years since you were on talking about your running streak, which is at least having you run a mile a day. So before we jump into the topic of running safety, we need an update on the streak. Oh, that sounds awesome. Well, I actually... um 
I did my little, I have a little calculator. It's called Days Between. So you put in the first day of your running streak. And um, and then, of course, I included today. So I'm up to 3,246 days. And I think when I came oh, last time, it was about 2,000 days. You were coming days. up on 2,000. So wait, yeah. so you've almost, I mean, wow. that's mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're close to, to doubling. So um, it's been eight years, 10 months, and 20 days. But right. hey, who's counting, right? Nobody's <laughs> counting. I have to actually look it up because it's been so long and I forget. So it's like, ah, uh, I know it's close to nine years. That's what I know now. It's close to nine years. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. That is amazing. And, and since you're close to our age, I have to ask, how do you stay injury-free running every day? Well, I, that's such a good question. I think that um, I, I have to take care of myself and I have to listen to my body and be, you know, really keenly aware of things that are are happening. So um, I think we all kind of have barometers, like when we need new shoes or, you know, we've, we've uh, pushed it, pushed it too much for the week or two weeks in a training cycle, we have to slow back. So I'm, I'm just really, really keenly aware of of those types of things. And and by now I kind of know them. Like I know when my shoes are worn out, I know when I need to take a, a really easy day, um, I definitely still uh, do massage. The princess Paula is back. I have massage every other week scheduled. I need it. Um, I have to stretch, foam roll. My husband says I don't do that enough. But yeah, so those are just kind of preventative measures, I would say, more than anything. But so, Paula, you don't only do running. I mean, do you do any strength training? Not really. Oh, oh, I know. No, I do have a, a, I know it's so bad. No, I really do have a routine though. That is core strengthening that I do every single day. Every day I get down on the ground and it takes me about 15 minutes, but sometimes I do a little faster. Sometimes I do add a few things, but it includes, um, core work and, um, some, some minor, like, I think a lot of people would call it like Pilates type work, but it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, from my PT and I just use it to maintain my, my hip balance and, um, my strength in my core so that I can stay strong while I'm running. Okay. So your answer saying you don't do strength training is a, like, it, it's, it's not like you, you don't go into the gym and pump weights. No, I do not. I don't. I want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's time later in life for that, Paula. <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to go do yoga. I threaten. But you know what? Now that I moved downtown, I might do yoga. I'm going to try. Because you're, you're near a lot more studios. I know, right? Yeah. I mean, who? I just don't like to get in my car and drive to go exercise that much. I kind of want to just stay in, you know, on well, my feet. That's, that's why we're runners. Right. And, yeah. yeah, and walkers. Do you know, I've just really been walking a lot and I love it. Oh, good. It's so, I do that too now. You have such a darling be... look on your face when you talk about it. <laughs> I love it's, it. Since I'm right there. Yes. <laughs> you can think while you're walking. It is true. You notice so much more when you walk. Oh, you do. Oh my God. I love it so much. I mean, I probably added three miles a day just walking around. So I like it. Because that's, that's what you need is more impact. As a matter of fact, my car battery was dead today. So that means I never drive it. So I had to have a jump. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, talking about cars, that's what we're keeping people safe from. So let's start with um, where people should run, the sidewalk versus the street. It is a source, source of much debate, even within Team AMR. Um, Adrian Martini, who's one of my co-hosts, she um, came out here um, before we went to our retreat, and she went running in my neighborhood. 
and she knows that I run in the street and she only runs on the sidewalk and she was just kind of almost appalled that people run in the street out here. <laughs> so, um, so, so, cause I just find sidewalk, well, I'll, you answer where you think people should run Paula, but then I'll say why I am such an advocate of running in the street. That's fair. Um, I Can I say where I want people to run versus where I run? You can tell both. Okay. Um, I run in the street. Yes. I do not want to run on the sidewalk. First of all, I think concrete is harder than asphalt. And I don't think, I, I know there's that debate, but I definitely think that asphalt is better on your body than concrete. And it is concrete, you know, is just smashed up rocks and there's just no, there's no, (laughs) there's no giving to it from it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. There's no give. And so, um, but also the cracks and the garbage cans and the recycling bins and the light posts. I mean, we can't be on the lookout like that and relax and run. Right, right. Well, that's what what I said to Adrian. My main thing is that the sidewalks out here are so uneven. There's all these mature trees. Their roots are having a battle with the sidewalk. So there's all these, and then the curbs. And I mean, when I ran in San Francisco, I sometimes ran on the sidewalks. And that's the only time I've ever bitten it on a run was, you know, just tripped and boom, suddenly then you're splayed out flat. Well, I will say... um that your neighborhood is has narrow streets and lots of uh, lots of parked cars mm-hmm. and um so maybe that was her take like it's not quite wide enough mm. there's more traffic because if you moved da- if you were downtown running she would probably say yeah just run in the street mm. or running like in a more of a suburban neighborhood that's not quite so oh like somebody, a subdivision like like di- sub yeah everybody has driveways which nobody would trade out this for that but i'm just saying <laughs> Thank you, thank you. But, because but, um, Amanda, where do you run? You, you're a street yeah, runner. I'm, yeah, I'm Team Street as well. I, um, <laughs> I, and for the same reasons, and especially, particularly running in the dark. I think I, in the dark, I really don't want to step on sidewalks, even with a headlamp. I feel like you're just going to miss things. They're just they're too uneven. Um, whereas the road, especially if you're like on a nice wide road, you know, I it's there's just less to trip over. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I so, agree with I agree with that too. But but are you saying you you want you you personally run in the street and Paula and you want people to run in the street or you think do you think it depends on location? I definitely think location has something to do with it. But um, I think that there are some people, some women that I know, I would want them to run on the sidewalk mm-hmm. because maybe they're just not as aware of traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those are my friends, but I'm not going <laughs> to name any names. <laughs> but no, I, I, I actually would say for most people, run in the street. And, you know, as long as you can be seen and you can see other people, I think that um, that's very important. I have a saying that is called defensive running. It's kind of like defensive driving. I mean, you really need to put yourself in the position of the driver all the time when you're a runner. You have to say, that car is not looking because you're not going to win. You're not going to win the battle if you're right and they're wrong. So defensive running to me is just always being aware of what you think that car might do if you were driving it. I love your term defensive running because it is so true that you do, when you've been out there a while, you feel you can know what the cars, you can see the car approaching. Oh yeah, they don't see it's a stop sign. They're not going to slow down. So Paula, do you ever choose your early morning or evening routes based on how well lit they are? I think that um, I have to go when I go running when it works with my schedule. So I do have to go sometimes uh, when it's dark 
dark outside, whether it's in the evening or early in the morning. So, so I don't always get to choose my route based on whether it's lit or not. Um, so I have to be very careful and make sure I've invested in some of the products that I know can keep me safe in all in all weather and all lighting situations. Well, but do you ever choose your route based on like street lights? You know, knowing that like because I don't do that because I find Portland has very few street lights. Yeah, and so it it just seems dark all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I would the- like I'd like women to be able to choose that though. I mean, of course, I'd much rather have the women that I train and run with run in the light, or you know, along either in the morning when it's bright and light, or which is hardly ever here in Portland. But <laughs> um, but if you can find a place to run that's well lit. Um, I would say do it for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And no matter where you're running, sidewalk or street, it's important to run facing traffic. Is that right? I mean, it, it kind of drives me nuts when I see people running with traffic. Yeah, I think that's uh, a very good point. Um, although I, there are times when I cross the road and run with traffic because I think that if a car is going to come around that corner, they've, I've, I've, they're going to be in the bike lane where I'm running. And so they can't see me until it's almost too late. I've crossed the road and run with traffic in that uh, scenario. But I try to stay, I try to stay definitely facing traffic. Mm-hmm. I find that to be the, I mean, Amanda, you live out east, so you can speak to this perhaps better than we can. But when I go see my parents in Connecticut, if I'm coming up on a blind curve, I will switch sides and run uh, with the traffic, but then immediately, you know, look really closely and cross back over because I just see people routinely running the same direction the cars are going. And I just think how long until they get hit? Yeah. You know, because you just, you need to make eye contact with those drivers. And yeah, yeah, Paula, do you want to talk a little bit about the importance of doing that as, you know, kind of connecting with the driver? Sure. I think that, um, if you can see the driver's face, you can anticipate what what could happen. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, running on the uh, running against traffic is super important for them. First of all, to see you, and if they didn't, if you're running, if you're running with traffic, I mean, the, there you don't know if it's somebody that's seventy or eighty years old or that has bad eyesight that just needs to run to the bank or the store or whatever, and they're in the bike lane and they don't know it. You do not have enough time to react if you're running with traffic. So, you know, give yourself that chance and and just follow the rules. There's a reason why you run and walk uh, facing traffic and that, that that's what, you know, you're recommended to do. Um, and so definitely give yourself the opportunity to, res- to, to respond to oncoming traffic or a car that's not looking at you or that you can see they're on their phone and you know that, oh my gosh, this is a potential, uh, you know, head on hit a pedestrian situation, I need to jump off and you can I've seen it happen. I my my running partner threw a water bottle at a car one time because it was so close, just literally just threw the water bottle. Because you know, it makes it's that it's it's scary. It is so true. Because yeah, if you have your back toward the car that's approaching you, you can't see what's going to happen. And so you, there's no time to react. I mean, there's definitely I'm sure we've all been on the streets times where we needed to suddenly jump off into the little grassy area right next to the road or something or hop up on the sidewalk. You know, yeah. if I'm staring down the 17 bus, that's out in front of my house, you know, it's going to win every time. 
Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah. And also that um, I, you talking about, um, you know, if it's light out and you can see the driver's face, but I've also heard that sometimes just look at the windshield of the car where, you know, the driver's face will roughly be, you know, even if you're not, maybe they're short. And so you're looking above their head, but it appears like you're looking at them helps get the driver's attention, you know? So um, just appearing really alert and like, I see you car. I see you. We are sharing a connection here. <laughs> so and paula you touched on um you know having the appropriate lights and all that stuff and and you know um we'll get a little bit into details about that but because molly my running partner and i are on a crusade to get people to be well lit up and dressed so people can see because it is so dark out there and then the thing is is when you're a morning runner you think of yourself as a morning runner. So you think it is, even if it's 4.30 in the morning, it's still to you the morning. Whereas for a lot of the drivers you're encountering, it's still the night. And they maybe are, you know, drunk, they're high, they're tired, they're distracted, whatever it is. You know, they could be coming back from partying, they could be coming back from a night shift, you know, so that they are not as alert as maybe someone who's going to do their morning commute, you know, would be behind the wheel. And I don't know if they're even alert. So maybe they have another coffee. But, but, um, uh, so as the Paula, as the owner of a, several running stores, um, what do you try to impress on runners and walkers about, um, reflective gear and lights? Well, we, we carry, we, we carry, knuckle lights, mm-hmm. we carry headlamps, we carry reflective gear, mm-hmm. we carry um, zinglets, which go over your shoulders and, and pin onto your, like they basically just snap around your waist and over your shoulders, very highly reflective fabric with um, with uh, flashing lights. And it's, it's such a great piece. So, you know, it doesn't overheat you. It's just basically a, it's like a pair of suspenders that you put on and um, you can get you can get that same thing with or without these blinking lights. It doesn't. Sometimes people don't want to purchase this big vest with like that swings and or makes you hot or gets really sweaty. So this zinglet is really an awesome piece, and I really highly recommend that to um, men and women that run at dusk and dawn because it's very hard for people to see, and it's even hard for you to see what's coming. Even bicycles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, a, you know, a big concern here in Portland, a big concern. And, you know, it's not always the friendliest because they're in a hurry and they're commuting and you're running and you might not be all the way over and they might think you're not all the way over. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of them don't have bells. Some of them do have bells. Um, I, I run uh, on Friday mornings. I volunteer at our union gospel mission and I run down there at 530 in the morning and people are commuting. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have lights on, they would not see me. It's not well lit. And it's, it's, you know, you're running probably, you know, in just completely in the dark. So I, I pin these little flashing, little flashers on my clothing. Um, so people can see me and it's actually quite bright. So between my headlamp and my flashers and my reflective uh, zinglet, um, I feel way safer, a hundred percent safer. And then people, once the light, you know, I do the breakfast thing and I'm running back home. They're like, why do you have all these lights on? (laughs) And I'm like, well, because I'm cute. Well, so I love some, I'd like to be a little bit of um, an encyclopedia and I have some really fun facts that kind of apply to all of this um, about vision 
Um, so apparently if you've been in a well-lit indoor space and, and, and then you go back out into the dark, it's going to take your eyes, um, about 20 minutes to adjust. So, um, you know, you, you may not be able to see details, but you're gonna be able to make your way around. No problem. You will have adjusted at that point, but, but drivers, um, are actually never going to completely adapt to the dark because, um, you know, they're, they're facing, headlights and street lights, traffic lights and all those types of things. So, um, you know, we as runners might think that they can see us, but, um, you know, studies show that they, the drivers are overestimating how far and how well they can actually see. Um, so it's, it's important, you know, that, that we're really, really cognizant of their shortcomings. And, and I think like Paula said, to always run assuming that they don't see us and, 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 you know, defensively. Yeah. And on that, on that sort of same note, I was reading something that was saying that you need to let the drivers know that you are a person, that you are a human. And that, that, so just having like a headlamp isn't sufficient because they might think you're a bike. They might think you're a car with only one headlight. And that, so you need to have flashing lights or reflective on the moving parts of your body. And so, um, I mean, that's why knuckle lights are so great because they're on your hands. So they, you know, cause of their name, they are on your knuckles. Um, and, uh, or night runner, uh, 270, which are ones that we wear on our shoes. So you got that moving, you know, your feet are moving. And so to have multiple points. And so you're supposed to have, you know, like flashing light, you know, on the sleeve of your shirt or on the cuff of your jacket on the, you know, clip to the you know, pocket of your Saucony Bullet Capri, something like that, so that you have these multiple points of moving, light, and reflective. And then, Paul, have you ever heard of this stuff, uh, safety skin? It's um, it's really cool. I just discovered it. Someone on social media was telling me about it. And it's, um, you apply it directly onto your skin, and it's kind of like... Um, it is, yeah, it's like reflective paint almost in that it's, and you apply it like you apply a stick deodorant or like body glide or something like that. And so you can put it on the back of your hands, on your arms, on your, you know, like if you're wearing capris in wintertime, you can put them on your calves. And then it's just, you know, and so each, before each run, you just apply it. And I think each stick is, I don't know, like 70 or something, a lot of applications. And um, so that doesn't, you know, you don't have to remember you know, oh, I left all my blinky lights at home. Well, here I got this stick and boom, boom, boom. And I don't know, it's just really kind of an interesting product that I found out about recently. But we also have these um, reflective, uh, they're basically like a piece of reflective tape mm-hmm. and it sticks and you can apply it wherever you want on your fab, on whatever piece of clothing you're wearing. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a really nice, nice thing to have in your bag. But most shoes have reflectivity now as well too. And so, but light would have to hit that to actually show that up. And sometimes... A car might see that, but it's it's pretty late in the in the of the guy's vision. If you're a car driving 50 miles an hour and then you see it coming up, but I mean it does work. But I wouldn't count on just that. I definitely would have something that's blinking. I recently just got seated a product called um, Loom Glow, and it, it I want I want to wear it. It's it looks like a bandolina, like a big band that you wear around. You can wear it cross, or you can wrap it around your waist. But it has all these different flashing. Like it can go red and blue and it can go faster, it can go slow. And so um, I just feel like Wonder Woman when I'm wearing this thing. It's great. It's a little heavy. I, I think bikers, it would be better on bikers, on cyclists. Um, but uh, this is important. We have to stand out and we can't count on just, you know, going and, and hoping people see us. We can't. Yeah, on, on social media, when at one point I just was struck um, 
when you know we uh when daylight saving time ended and that uh i said something about how important it is to be seen and somebody's like if you don't look like a christmas tree out there you're doing something wrong <laughs> yeah I mean, it's like you need to be you know the gaudy neighborhood house with all the lights <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, and so when we talk about lights, also, there are two purposes. You want to see and and you want to be seen. So, Paula, what kind of lights do you like? I like the headlamp. And I also have a flashlight. And just a flashlight. I know. I know. It's a good flashlight. They're really bright now, you know. It's the, they I really like are. Like they're not. An ad for flashlights. All those flashlights are so good these days. <laughs> I bought it at Radio Shack. No, I didn't. Um, so a flashlight, so you can actually see in front of you if you didn't want to wear it on your head. Sometimes people don't like the headlamps because it gives them headaches. Oh, um, I don't like it because it gives me tunnel vision. Right. And yes, the knuckle yes, lights yes. are good if you. But sometimes it makes some people maybe a little a little seasick too because you're moving those around. And um, so, yes, I, I think it's important to be seen, but I also think it's really important to see. So we got to figure out something. So flashlight, headlamp, knuckle lights, you know, all those, even your cell phone, you know, if you had that and you could see, you could use your light to, to so run. I would work. I don't understand how people run holding their cell phone. Like I would just I trip either. and it would be shattered screen <laughs> after like yeah. mile two, you know? Yeah. So you get a flashlight and a bumper. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to get a new headlamp because I mine has, um, you know, the batteries. I've got one of the, you know, the old-fashioned little pencils and the, and the batteries, and it seems to run out. The batteries seem to I run through them so quickly, and then I don't feel like it's a, a bright enough or wide enough space. Like, I, I want a new headlamp that has, like, a big old spotlight, but not too heavy. I think Petzl actually has those now, and they're also rechargeable. Right. They're a little bit more expensive, but if you don't want to buy batteries all the time, that definitely is the way to go. Rechargeable yeah. is, I mean, that's, it's life-changing. I mean, like knuckle lights now are rechargeable yeah. because those things ate batteries for breakfast, the old version. And so yeah. recharging, but, and I find, I mean, I pretty much recharge them almost after every run, just because there's few things worse than getting out there and you're like, yeah, I got my lights. I got this, I got that. And then the battery dies. And then you're just another one of those chucklehead's with no lights, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, so, so let's talk about colors of apparel. Um, and it seems like a lot of runners think wearing like orange or pink on pre-dawn runs help drivers see them. So they skip lights. And, but if there's no sun to be bouncing off of that bright color, you might just as well be wearing charcoal gray out there. And, um, so the bright colors are great in the daytime, but not in the dark. So, um, but there's also, um, Paul, you must carry some products at your store that are those jackets that look normal in with, when there's no light shining on them and then you shine a light on them and the whole thing lights up. Those are amazing. Yeah, those are, it's just, it's amazing. It really is. Um, I, I have a jacket. I actually just took a picture of it for a lady that was shopping at our store and it's a Nike jacket. You, I, I did the, my flash, my photo, uh, took a photo of it in the flash and it just lit up like a Christmas tree. And it is, it's called the flash jacket. <laughs> it is amazing. Like literally amazing. And I, I have a jacket that was all flash. Like, so like now they have the flash somehow embossed on the jacket so that it's not all over the jacket. Um, but, but originally when Nike came out with this product, it was, it was the whole jacket and, 
I sometimes, if I'm driving and I have that jacket on, I'm like, who's shining a flashlight on my face right now? And I think, you know, I see myself in the mirror, it just flashes. It literally is so bright. So it's awesome. There's products that you can buy that, that you will 100% be seen like a long way away, which is way better than just a light, bright clothing. Mm-hmm. So definitely need reflectivity and le- reflectivity striping and, um, or built in. It's, it's a must. Yeah. And also, I think people need to uh, remember that it's not just when it's dark, but here in Portland, you and I, Paula, certainly know when it's raining hard, it can be the middle of the day. And if it's raining, you know, it's hard to see people or for people who live in even more inclement places than we do when it's snowing, you know, and so that I think that it's not just, you know, um, uh, during the night, during the pre-dawn and post-sunset hours that people have, the drivers have trouble seeing you. Yeah. And also, I do want to bring bring back, cyclists really, you can't always count on cyclists giving runners respect, particularly when we share the road with them. Uh, Molly and I almost got picked off by a cyclist who didn't have a light on, and we had lights with us, and she just was not moving at all. She just was not going to give us an inch. And I just thought, you know what? Like, I pay my taxes too. I'm allowed to run on this street that I help pay yeah. for. You know, yeah. so that... so that also, Have you ever done like the little dance with the cyclists? Like they're coming toward you and like you go left and they go left or you go right and they go right. And trying to figure out, you know, who, who gets which side of the road before there's a collision. It's kind oh, of hard too. Right. Because also because, you know, in that, in that game of chicken, the runner loses again. You know, there's, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know, maybe a kid on a tricycle will win against, but other than that, I think we're losing all of these, all these showdowns with wheeled vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, and then I also wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, listening to podcasts or music while you're running. Um, you know, I don't, cause I'm always, you know, I'm usually out with my friends and, and whatever else, but, uh, you know, if you've got those earbuds in, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you're, you're shutting off your senses to noise. So, so Paula, can you talk a little bit about the importance of being aware of your surroundings? I would love to talk about that. Um, <clears throat> I think it's so important for us if we're going to wear, if, we, if you're going to wear uh, headphones, you definitely have a couple options now. One is to take one earbud out, which I think you can still hear cars and bikes and other people coming up behind you. Um, so I think that's one option. Uh, if you're going to listen to your uh, podcast, I think running on the treadmill is a good option. But if you're out and about and you're running with those in, you are really putting yourself at risk. And I think that we need to be very careful when we're out there and we need to use all of our senses, all of our senses. And if we, if we, if we put earbuds in that block our hearing and our senses, then we are, we're, we're not doing ourselves any favors. We're going to definitely increase our, our chance of getting hurt, running into a bike, running into a crosswalk. And we get excited when we are listening to these things, right? Whether it's music or a podcast, you kind of start, you know, zoning out a little bit. And so we need to be very careful when we're doing that so that we're not, we're not, we're not putting ourselves in danger. Mm-hmm. And we just, uh, a couple months ago, just returned on to Aftershocks, 
which are these amazing, and I think I've talked about them before on the podcast, these amazing headphones that work by bone conductivity. So they don't sit in your ear hole. I think there's probably a technical uh, medical term for what your ear hole is called. Uh, ear canal. It doesn't sit in your ear canal. How about that? And uh, so they sit um, on your uh, yeah, ear hole. Uh, so aftershocks sit on your cheekbone, right where your cheekbones meet your ears, and they conduct the sound through your bone so that it leaves your ear canal um, free so that you can be um, safe as a mother runner. And um, it really they work amazingly well. The sound is just super clear. And what I've learned from running in them a lot, not only you can hear cars, you can hear people saying stuff to you, good or bad. Um, you can hear like dogs approaching you. Um, and then I realized in races, you can hear spectators cheering for you. And as a person who's occasionally an MC at a race, you can hear the MC of the race because it drives me nuts being at the finish line and they can't hear me. But that's a separate issue. That's not a safety issue. But but that, um, and so that um, so when they come in two sizes and because I got a big old noggin, I I wear the regular size but but paula you just tried them and you wear the mini don't you because yeah, you because you because you, you're a peanut you got a little peanut head <laughs> oh my yeah so um so anyway so aftershocks they're amazing things so that so that paula when when you and i first talked about this topic and i called you to ask you to be on the podcast you talked about how you really want women to um trust their gut and really um really kind of run by instinct and if if they get a sketchy feeling or something um, that they ought to listen to that feeling. So could you talk a little bit more about that? I, I really, I'd love to talk about that. Um, I think that anytime we get that little, our spidey sense uh, kind of kicking in, we definitely need to turn around. Um, there's a reason we have that. And um, I want us to use it. If, if there's a path that we go down every single day and all of a sudden you're like, that seems weird. Well, it's probably weird. And we need to, it's kind of like the, the defensive running thing. Let's, let's use, let's use our, all of our skills to get through this run. And the more we use them, the more natural they become on a run. But if we're just, you know, with running along with our headsets on and no lights and no, you know, it's just, we're not doing ourselves any favor. So let's listen to our gut when we see or feel like there's something wrong. Now, it's not that hard to turn around and go back the other way and see if there's another runner coming probably another mother runner. And then you turn and you can kind of follow them, <laughs> kind of follow them along. So like, just give yourself a chance to react to that feeling. It's really important. And you're not, you're, there's no, there's no harm in, in waiting or going another direction for a few minutes until you can kind of like try to figure out what that, what that message is that you're receiving. I think that's very important. So, all right. So as a woman who has run probably all over the world in your nine years, um, is there anything that you think we haven't covered that we need to think about? I think that's important these days. When we go out for a run, um, we have so many um, tech technology technological pieces that we can use now. Like my husband tracks me. <laughs> you know, we can share our location now. Yeah. And so... Obviously, a lot of people do this. Um, and so uh, my husband will say, you stopped at the bathroom. No, I'm joking. Um, but, you know, it, you if somebody knows where you are, you, I mean, use these things, you know, and or, you know, if you're stopping for a minute, text somebody, tell them where you are, make sure that you have enough water, make sure you have enough food, make sure that you're, you're um, being as safe as possible with your clothing and your shoes and you're letting somebody know where you are. But my most important thing is if you can run in a group, 
if you can run in a group with with some neighborhood moms or somebody from your gym or somebody from work, do it. It is so much safer to run in a group than it is to run alone. I do this. I, you are always with a group when I see you running. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to run with Paula. <laughs> I have to do what I have to do. I have to beg people, please run with me on Monday, 3,250. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. And, and is there, I tried to find a way that I could follow your streak. How can people follow your streak, Paula? I don't really know how you can follow it. Well, of course, there's the, 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 are you, you, like, are you on Strava? I am on Garmin. Oh. Okay. I'm Garmin. I'm not a Strava. You know, you can link the two of them together. Maybe I should try that. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, of course, you have to you have to um, apply every year and turn in your your uh, all your runs to this association, the United States uh, Running Streak Association, and so you know, runeveryday.com. Um, and so you have I have that, but um, also uh, you know, I just have to write down every day what I do. So I have these. You know, now I'm up to this is my ninth. Book. Your, your booklets. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to know what museum you're going to bequeath those to in your will. <laughs> Nobody wants them. <laughs> so uh, I. I have a new goal though, because you know when we first talked about my streak, I was hoping to become. Um, proficient. I don't know if you remember this, but at first you start out and you're a neophyte. And then after five years, you get to become a proficient. Well, now I'm working on experienced. So once I reach 10 years, which is just over a year away from now, I get to be experienced in this group. So I'm really excited about that. But isn't it funny how these little goals set us, you know, on fire and, and we, we strive, we kill ourselves for these things, which mean nothing. I'm going to tell you all that I, I hope to have you on again, but I definitely want to have you on when the streak comes to an end because it will, yeah. I mean, yeah. um, it will come to an end and, um, you know, and I, it's not going to be with you having a bad encounter with a car. It's going to be something Yeah. and it's going to be a mindset when it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, as a person who had an exercise streak for a little over five years, yeah. I was proficient. I was, yes. it wasn't all running, but yeah. it was all exercising. Yeah. At least, day, day, yeah, yeah. at least 30 minutes a day. Yeah, at least 30 minutes a day. So it, it takes, you got to get your headspace somewhere. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to, you can go lay on the couch if you want to talk <laughs> about this later. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much, Paula. It's been delightful sharing the microphone with you and, yes. and talking with you. <laughs> yes, thank you, Sarah. <laughs> so Amanda, you and Paula are cut from the same cloth that your solution to safety is running with a group. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think um, I mentioned to you before we started. Recording. As well as lights and all that stuff. But I mean, yes, you know, yes, that's yes, your... yes. Yeah. And I, and I have, it's funny because I, 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 so many characters from my group are coming to mind as we were speaking because we've got, we do have somebody who wears that, that, um, the, the, the lights that she was talking about that have all the different colors flashing all over the place. And we kind of, you know, we, we call her, you know, our disco runner because it's just so, <laughs> but, but you're going to get seen. Right. So, um, and then we have safety Ellie who, you know, our dear Ellie who runs with us, she is always yelling at all of us for doing things wrong, you know, like crossing at the wrong spot on the you know, street and, you know, and not being lit up enough or whatever it might be. So, you know, yeah, but, um, so there's power in numbers though, I think. And, um, and we could all on top of everything else kind of check up on each other with it. Right. 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 I love that you have a scold in your group who gets on your oh, case. Yeah. Oh yeah. There'll be times we cross and we'll be like, good thing Ellie's not here. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely hope that people listening take heart to all these and that, um, because it really, I mean, an accident can happen in the blink of an eye. And, um, so, but they're, you know, hopefully that some useful, uh, pointers. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles. Oh.